Hey guys, welcome back to Junk in the Trunk, your favorite freaking podcast ever. Welcome back to uh, episode 13. I am your host, Jenna Breaking Grass, and big news, big news, I am followed by your co-host, Hannah Beerus. Oh, that was bad. Oh, that was not great. Guys, welcome back. I have Hannah back with me. Yes, I made the executive decision to have Hannah be my co-host. This wasn't like a rash decision. I've known Hannah forever, so we literally say the same things at the same time multiple times a day. (laughs) So we just think the same, and our vibes are immaculate together. Okay, guys, listen. Episode 13 is going to be about... Yes, once again, getting dumped. (laughs) No, is it about Hannah this time? No. I was actually dumped at, like, approximately, I'm looking at my fake watch right now, um, four days after that podcast. (laughs) So, um, yeah, so that's that. Um, We're also going to kind of touch on being a dead fish. Now you're probably thinking, hold up, girl. What does that mean? But we're going to get into it. And it's going to be juicy. It's going to be fishy. It's going to be juicy. I hope it's not fishy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so first thing I'm going to touch on here is, yes, I was dumped and it's horrible. (laughs) But what I want to touch on, we're going to get the kind of like uh, lecture life lesson stuff out right now. Um, Yeah, so I'm basically nearing one week out of a breakup. As we know, Hannah is like, two months maybe rounding like is it three maybe? no i think it's officially two months officially two months yeah so she's a little ahead of me in the healing game uh, <laughs> but first thing i want to talk about because obviously i'm sure there are plenty of you right now listening to this going through heartbreak even if it's like six months later that you know you're still going through it but i want to talk about how a breakup feels one weekend you can touch on this because it's still fresh for you right but um biggest thing is and hannah knows because i've texted her every time this week (laughs) that i've had a mental breakdown um but breakups especially the first week in you're really trying to sort through your rational versus irrational thoughts um and by that more so like the way you like view yourself i guess like You have to understand, and I said this, I already kind of told Hannah today what I'm going to say right here, but the variable isn't always you. And what my Wait, wait, wait. Say it again just so that it sticks. The variable is not always you. So listen, play that on repeat. I know it's very, very hard to understand, and it's an irrational thought, but in the moment when you're sad, it seems rational. Um, But yeah, the variable is not always you, and that's something that I've had to understand that, yes, my past relationships was the variable, probably me, probably. Um, Maybe not me necessarily, but we just didn't work out for whatever reason. It's good that it didn't work out, so maybe the variable was them. I don't know. But but, um, that's something I'm trying to understand, that my breakup was not bad blood. It was... Our relationship was honestly very good. We didn't fight. We would communicate really well. It's one of those things, like I said in the last episode, you either grow together or you grow apart. Um, there's literally no other option. You either stick it out and you fix it and you work through it or you don't. And it's just another stepping stone to the next phase of your life. Um Okay, so also regarding a breakup and with it being very, very fresh, you are full of all kinds of different emotions. You are sad. Maybe you're a little relieved. You're also pissed off. Um, And with that being said, um, I know it's very hard to not get trigger finger, what I call it, from the last episode and not just want to text them all of these like irrational feelings, you know, because you're really overwhelmed with a bunch of different feelings. So just put the phone down, walk away from it, literally turn it off something because you're going to end up sending a text or maybe saying something to them that you regret because that moment you were in is not going to last forever. So I found this quote on Instagram and um, it's basically about just give him three days. Just wait three days, no text, no call, no nothing. Then see if he or she comes back. Um, but what if I can't wait for three days though? You see, the thing is, you keep running back to him or her, and him or her gets off on it. 
They know that they're going to have you coming back. Why not give him or her three days to make them realize, is it serious? And are they really losing you? But what if they don't come back? Then why would you want to be with someone that doesn't want you? Why would you want to be with someone like that? Know your worth and move on. Boom, mic drop. Know your worth and move on. I know that's really, really hard because you're like, holy shit, three days feels like an eternity. Um, And it does in the moment, especially once you hit the anger stage. I just hit that the other day where all of a sudden (laughs) I had full-blown rage coursing through my veins and I didn't even know what I wanted to say, but I almost wanted to like hurt my ex-boyfriend's feelings. And that's not the best. It's not the most mature move because it's like, at the end of the day, they're probably hurting too. They are. They're human too, even though they broke your heart. And that's partially why, partially, that's partially why you're mad is because they broke your heart and um, they're the one person that you thought was never going to do that. Um, Another thing that I brought up to Hannah the other day, I actually sent her a Snapchat, but the hardest part about a breakup is the fact that like, you feel like you're the only one going through it and other people do get it. But in the moment, everyone's else's lives continue to move on. And it's hard to like be in this very painful place and everyone else's lives are just moving on, whether it's with their husband or their kids or their boyfriend or whatever. It's very hard to watch that as you're like painfully hurting inside. So also as far as the don't text him thing, even if it's not like anger or if it's never, if it, even if it's not love and you're not sitting there like, oh my gosh, I love you so much. Like, please come Mm -hmm. back to me. I miss you. Even if it's not like hardcore emotions like that, just a simple text about like, hey, how's your day? Like that still is keeping you attached Mm -hmm. to them and that's still going to hurt you. And once you hit that mark of where, like when I hit my mark of this was the first day I hadn't talked to him in over two years, it was a sad day. Like I was upset. But once I got past that day, I was like, okay, yeah, all right. Like, here we go. I got this. Yeah. Yeah. I've even had to text my ex-boyfriend about, like, getting some of the stuff, like, from the house because we live together and some of the stuff from, like, the garage, whatever. And that's even hard because we're not, like, pouring our emotions out but just me being like, hey, did you get everything? You know, and just the fact that I see his name on my phone and words on my screen from him, yeah, it it still keeps that factor of, like, you're talking to him still like you were normally. So I think once you get to a point where you don't talk to that person at all, this is probably the first day I haven't talked to my ex-boyfriend at all. And like I said, most of it wasn't about lovey-dovey stuff. It was just more about, you know, we live together. There's adult things we had to figure out, but yeah. So each day that you don't talk to them, one, you're going to find out how they really feel. And two, you're going to find out how you really feel. Um, and you're going to get tougher every day that you don't talk to them because that's one more day that, you know, you're just a little stronger and more independent without them. Okay, Jenna. So last week I was the question E, you were the questioner. Okay. So now the tables have turned. The turns the have tabled. tabled. <laughs> So this is kind of a two for one question in, I guess, two different looks at the, like your future. So we're going to give it a two month time frame. And part one is where do you see yourself in two months? And part two is where do you want to be? What's your goal? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I feel like with me going through breakups before and this not being like my first go around with it, it's not that it stings any less because it does. And this is my most serious relationship to date. But I feel like um, my first ever breakup compared to now, of, co- of course, my first ever breakup honestly hurt worse because I had never, ever felt that in my entire life. So I feel like when you get older and you do go through stuff like this a little bit more, you know how to handle it a little bit better. Um, so with that being said, I know that I'm in two months. I'm not saying I'm going to be fine but I know I'll be pretty close to fine. I know I'll be okay. Um, and the reason I can say that so confidently is because my first ever breakup, I, like I said, I've never have went through that before. So 
you don't know the time frame of healing and you don't know, you know, like it feels like it's never, ever, ever going to go away. And so I know that that pain does end because I've been here before and I know what, what it feels like. So I know that the pain is going to stop. Um, but as far as like where I want to be, um, not in a relationship, that's for freaking sure. You will not catch me in a relationship in two months. That's for sure. Um, I don't even know if I want to go on dates. Like I'll like in a group setting, hang out with people or whatever, but I'm definitely not looking. Granted, I know things happen very unexpectedly, but I, I, dear Lord, I do not <laughs> want a boyfriend to not place one mother ever in my life. <laughs> Cause I do not want them. Like another thing is, is like as much as I've, I've been heartbroken, this is like my third time actually having a, like a heartbreak. Like I, not that I jump back into relationships quickly, but I'm a very like forgiving person. You know, I don't really go into the next relationship with a wall up. You know, I'm like very much so, I don't know, like I don't treat people like crap compared to my last relationship. And you don't carry it with you into the next one. I don't carry it with me into the next one and I give them the benefit of the doubt. So that, that leaves me being very, very trusting. And so, but also on the flip side, that can be a blessing and a curse because if you're very, very trusting and you kind of put all your eggs in one basket, then you are probably setting yourself up to get hurt. And I hate to say that, but then again, it's just, you're going to go through a lot of duds until you find the one. And that's just that. Yeah. Okay. So this is something I want you to touch on too, is, um, the moving on guilt. And what I mean by that is, Kind of like, even if you like casually have a conversation through text or Snapchat or whatever it may be, not even flirting, but just like casually talking to someone, there's a guilt with that because it's not the person that you talk to every day for the last two years and were loyal to. And you know what I mean? And you literally didn't give your attention to anybody else. So there's like, there's like a guilt factor to that. At least I think so. Right. No. So it's a weird feeling because for so long, whether it was like two months, three months or two years or five years, that person that you were with was so special to you and can still be special to you. And so when you not necessarily taking the next step, but when you just talk to someone or like you Snapchat someone, it just feels wrong. Like you're like, you're being like a bad kid. Yeah. It's just weird. That's what it feels like. So like, yeah, it, it, like I said, it's not even like you have to be like, let's go hang out or let's go on a date or let's flirt or anything. Like it, it could literally be someone being like, I haven't talked to you in forever. How are you? And it's just like, you're like, wait a second. Like I, I can't do I this. I can't do this. Yeah. It's like weird. Cause you know, you spent two years and any message you got from anybody being like, Hey, how are you? Even if they're being so genuine, you're like, eh, nope. Like I'm not <laughs> like, you're not my boyfriend. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm loyal like that. So I, it's weird. So I think that's why I get kind of guilty over it but I know it's something that it's just a part of it like when I've texted you all week anything I'm like I feel like this you're like part of it yep just a part of it (laughs) literally a part of it been there done that part of it so yeah so um to kind of like wrap this little section up here I'm not gonna like zoom through it but here's the thing being a ride or die person and loyal is a good thing. I don't want any of you to feel like that is a bad thing. And I don't mean loyal as in like not cheating on your boyfriend or girlfriend. Come on now. Like we shouldn't be doing that crap. Okay. But I mean, being ride or die in the fact of them breaking up with you multiple times and you coming back and not necessarily that you're lacking respect for yourself, because I don't really think it's always about that. Sometimes I think it's a matter of you just, you just want the relationship to be what's what's in your mind, you know, and you really, really like, I will, I will work my butt off until the end of time to make something work, you know, but there's a point where you have to understand that you have to stop crossing rivers for people that won't jump a puddle for you. Say it again. And it's not that your ex or my ex wouldn't do things for us. Because my ex did. I know your ex did. I'm not saying that they didn't do things for us. I'm just saying there's a level of effort in a relationship. And some people are crossing rivers and some people are crossing puddles. And and some people aren't crossing anything. And those are the ones you got to peace out. Yep. You got to snip, snip them people. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's the biggest thing is like be a ride or die. Be a loyal person. But the minute that you start to compromise your peace within yourself and who you are, nope. 
next see you later life is too short for that when you're spending time with someone that literally does not show any effort for you you're you're missing out on the person that will and whether it's in two years or five years the the more time you spend with that person that you shouldn't be with is the less time you're spending with the person you should be with Yes. Facts. And okay. life is too short to not be treated well and to not, mm-hmm. not, not take what you deserve. Yeah. Amen. Okay. Last thing relationship related with my very new breakup is you're going to constantly ask yourself, are they coming back? Like, that's the biggest thing is like, are they coming back? Um, probably not. Like, I know that probably stings a little bit, um, but they're probably not. And like, I don't, I don't know if you want to tell them like what your ex-boyfriend told you when it comes to, are they coming back or maybe we'll work this out one day. So of course everybody wants to know and everybody wants to talk about it. Well, maybe one day or like, maybe this is right guy, wrong time. And when is the right time? Um, and something that my ex-boyfriend told me, like in the midst of the breakup in our, in our, uh, week long last supper, he told me, <laughs> I said, well, maybe like, maybe one day the circumstances will change and we can work this out. And he said, no, like it, this just is not going to work. The reason we broke up is not ever going to fix itself or change. And it's just not going to happen. And I think like at the time, obviously that broke my heart into pieces, but now I think about that a lot actually. And I'm like, mm-hmm. Okay cool. Like, like I respect that. Like, I thank you for that. So I'm not going to sit around and think, like oh, waiting well, on them. yeah, I'm not going to wait on you. Like, yes, like that was a really fun time in my life and I appreciate it, mm-hmm. but you and I both know we're on the same page. It's just, it's just not it. Yeah. And I think like when two people break up with each other, I think that's a, that's a phrase that gets like loosely thrown around because it softens the blow of the breakup. Like, yes, we're breaking up right now, but I still see us being together in the future. Like, Maybe we'll come back together one day and we'll be in the grocery store and we'll grab the same pair of bananas. Same pair of bananas? <laughs> <laughs> same set. What do you call them? Bundles? Bundle, yeah. I think. Same I don't b- know. bundle of bananas. Like, no, this isn't Hallmark, okay? This is real life. And that's just the... the, the and that's not going to happen. I know that sounds bad. And I'm not going to say it won't happen because there are couples that take long breaks and or years apart and they come back together. It's just very, very few and far between doesn't happen often okay y'all break up break up saga ted talk over and scene (laughs) pro tip number one from hannah let's say you're trying to pull somebody and you want to get them just not obsessed with you but you just want them to say yeah that's her like i yeah She's the one. Yeah. Not the one. That kind of sounds scary. Not she's the one. she's a one. She's one one. She's up on the roster. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you want to be added to the roster, here's how to do it. <laughs> Interrupting your scheduled program with our sponsor of the day. Oh, 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 O'Reilly's Auto Farts. <laughs> O'Reilly's, thank you for sponsoring today's episode. You can use code JUNK in the trunk for 15% off your next oil change. But if it declines or it says code not found, that's between you and God. Don't contact us. (laughs) Now back to the scheduled program. So, round one, speed round, pro tip round. How to not be a dead fish when you're trying to catch a fish. Oh, Okay, listen. What do we mean by dead fish? Let's explain this to everybody here. Dead fish, okay? We don't just mean in the bedroom, okay? We mean in life, okay? When you have someone that kind of just relies on looks or maybe arrogance or they're cocky or maybe they're rich or maybe they just think they don't have to try for anything and they lose all personality traits and they just don't try that's what we're going to call a dead fish. Now, granted, dead fish can be classified into many different categories, but we're going to we're going to teach you how to avoid being that girl. Cuz nobody wants to be with a lifeless thing. Okay? Especially a lifeless fish. Yeah, that's stinky, weird gills. <laughs> Scales. Yeah. Okay. Pro tip number 1 of how to not be a dead fish. 
obviously you want to be interesting and you want to, whether it's a guy or a girl, you want to be interesting enough to make them curious about you and to make them want to know more about you. Mm -hmm. So a way to, to, to raise their interest and to say, Hmm, let's start talking to this person. So here's my first pro tip. Have a thing. And I have air quotations. You can't see them, but they're there. They're there. I saw them. Yep. Jenna saw them. Both of her (laughs) eyes saw them. So what I mean by having a thing is having something that when this person sees this or thinks of this or hears this, they associate that with you and they say, hmm, okay. So I'm thinking, for example, I'm thinking of this specific music artist. Like I personally like ASAP Rocky a lot. And so for example, I listen to ASAP Rocky talk about him. And then if someone hears him or thinks of him, they're like, oh yeah, well, Hannah likes him or Hannah this or Hannah that. Wonder what she's doing tonight. I should text her. For sure. Yeah. 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 I should text him. Yeah. I should text him. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. So another thing I kind of want to add into that is, um, not that you should necessarily be playing a game with someone, but kind of like, not in a toxic way or leading somebody on or, you know, you don't want to be doing that. But my mom and dad used to always say to me, don't play your whole deck of cards right away. Because then one month in when you literally tell them every freaking childhood story that you have, you tell them about the time you fell and scraped your knee and then the trauma you had from that. And then you tell them about the time that you, you know, your mom yelled at you in the parking lot at Walmart. And then you tell them about the last breakup you had and you tell them what your body count is, which never do that. And pro tip number two, (laughs) yeah, don't do that. And Then they're like, well, this girl in 45 seconds just told me her entire life, put out the entire deck of cards. So then they're thinking, hmm, what do I need to even work for now? What do I need to know now? And I think the same thing goes in the bedroom when you play a deck, like literally not even a deck, one singular card. This card's going to be sex. Okay. Tacos. We're going to call sex tacos a lot in this podcast for the PG 13 listeners. But when you have tacos and it's very, very soon and no, I'm not judging anybody that has sex on the first date, whatever. Okay. Like no judgment at all. But what I'm saying is when you lay that card down, that's like the death card. That's like the card that makes or breaks any relationship or thing air quote that you have The minute you lay that down, paired with laying your deck of cards out about your entire life and your entire childhood and past relationships and everything, what do they have to work towards? The the mystery to you is literally gone. Boom. Gone. On to the next one. They go. (laughs) Sounds shitty, but... That's the facts. That's the facts. Now, granted, the guy that you're going to be with probably forever... Is going to find you very interesting all the time, no matter what. But if you're kind of in the market to just have a thing, you got, you got to play the thing right. Also, on that same note, before you get into it, whatever it is, you want to know what the end goal is. Mm-hmm. If your end goal is a relationship, then you have to know how to play your cards in the beginning. If your end goal is a fling, like a two month, one month thing, you just want to kind of flirt and hang out, then you have to know your end goal for that. Because if you're going to date somebody for a month, you're not going to tell them all about your entire life story in your middle school years about how Mm -hmm. you were traumatized in middle school. That's something you want to save. I mean, also to each his own. But for me, I'm not going to tell somebody that I'm not going to talk to. Right. And it's not like you go into those flings knowing you're not going to talk to them. But like, sometimes you meet people like I have in the past and you're like, you know what? Like, this person's worth giving it this time to like see if I start to feel more or see if this is going somewhere. And sometimes it just doesn't. So until you feel very connected to someone, you're probably not very prone to like tell them your entire life story. But some girls and here, this is why we're here to tell you this. You give them that entire life story and, or you give up sex or whatever it may be, give up tacos (laughs) because you want them to like you. You know what I mean? Now, Like, everyone's different about when it comes to body counts and having sex and whatever it may be. 
I am not going to judge anybody. I have had someone write in before and say, what is your view on telling someone your past, you know, how many people you've slept with or knowing how many people your partner has slept with? What is your view on one night stands? I've, I've had these questions asked me before and my, and I can't give you an opinion on that. Um, because everyone's opinion on that is different. There's some people that they go and they hook up with someone and, and they know immediately I shouldn't have done that. They feel very regretful. They morally feel like they shouldn't have done that. That's the way you feel about adding to your body count or having one night stands. That's how you feel there. Boom. There's your answer. But then you have someone else here on the other end of things that goes into it, knowing this is what it is. I'm doing this because I want to, they really go through it beforehand and they're okay with it after they move on with their life. That's how they feel about it morally. So I think at the end of the day, it's just how you feel. If you want to lay that card out, do it, but just be prepared for the consequences and the relationship to maybe not move forward. Crappy as it sounds, it's probably a blessing that it doesn't move forward, but that's just my two cents on that. Also, here is pro tip from my dad because he has all the pro tips apparently. Um, this is kind of kind of deep a little bit, but dad has always told me, honestly, the first time he told me this, I was like 12 years old. Like uh, it didn't scar me, but it like stuck with me because I was mm-hmm. so young and I was like, what the heck does that even mean? <laughs> but like, it makes sense. And what he said is girls use sex to get, sorry, girls use tacos to get love mm-hmm. and guys use, use love to get tacos. Yep. And we're not saying all guys, but... True. And also not all girls. Right. But like a generalization, girls and guys are wired differently. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of girls that get burnt by that because the guy says all of the right things. Actually, one of my ex-boyfriends told me, because um, he would just voluntarily tell me about girls he hooked up with. Weird, right? Okay, don't be that guy. And he was like, yeah... The worst thing I ever did was I, I told this girl that really liked me that I was in love with her so she'd sleep with me and then I didn't talk to her the next day. And first of all, that just tells you how he <laughs> Yeah, he, he picked was. a winner with that one. Yeah, he's great. <laughs> and, um, but a lot of guys will tell you exactly what you want to hear. And I'm sure there's women that are going to tell you exactly what you want to hear. Um, but yeah, they're going to tell you they love you to get in your pants. And then there's going to be girls that have sex with you because they want you to love them. And it sucks, but it's life. So listen, we're here to tell you how to avoid that. You need to have a game plan with every relationship that you go into. Literally, I know it sounds stupid. Get a journal, write down like, here's my goals out of this relationship. I understand it may not go by the book like this, but set standards for yourself and like policies for yourself. That sounds silly or protocols for yourself. Be like, okay, listen, first date, maybe I'll kiss him. Maybe I'll kiss her, you know? Second date, not going back to their house. No good thing happens when you go back to their house. We're staying in the public eye. We're going to go see a movie. We're going to go out to dinner. Um, Third date, still, this is at least what I do. Public eye, like we're going to stay away from the home. And then, you know, from there, you have to continue to make that list for yourself. I know that sounds silly, but honestly, try that and see how that works. And... Have a game plan because if you don't have a game plan, emotions are going to take over in the moment. You're going to confuse lust with love and you're going to end up with your pants off. Netflix and chilling. (laughs) (laughs) Pants off, dance off. (laughs) Pro tip number two, coming at you fast. Mm -hmm. Okay. Tips on how to make the first move. If it sounds like, not cliche, but if it sounds like non-traditional for like girls to make the first move. It's fine. Yeah. There's no traditions. Mm-hmm. Like this is, this is this the year of the woman. Mm-hmm. So here is, this is like my personal like tip for my, like, I guess my own like standard is if you're Snapchatting someone or if you're just texting them or whatever, stop sending selfies that are just your face and no words. Like we get it. Like you're pretty. Like if you're gonna flex your face, like oh I'm pretty, like say something that has substance to it. Also, right? Yeah, agree. And also, here's another pro tip. I guess this is like pro tip, like with a down arrow to the side. <laughs> so as far as what to say or like how to bring the conversation up, 
you're allowed to creep on them. Like you're allowed to like go through their Instagram and go through their Twitter and like see what they like, like see what interests them. Also, I fully stand by liking an old picture mm-hmm. and just owning it. Like, yeah. yeah. Like I, I was creeping on you because I don't I'm think interested that's a, in you. I don't you. think that's like embarrassing thing to do. Like, no. like, like it and be like, yeah, like why not? And even comment on it and be like, like if it's an well, old like picture from middle school, be like, LOL, what the heck? Yeah. yeah. I mean, maybe not what the heck, but, but you like, know. <laughs> Like, it's funny. It's, yeah, definitely, like Hannah said, like, own that because, first of all, confidence is just key in this situation. Like, fake it till you make it. Yeah, comment on an old picture, no matter the stereotype on that. Like, (laughs) but just do it. Like, whatever choice you make to do the first move, own it, go in with it with full confidence. Um, Yeah, and what Hannah said, don't just send your face. Like, send your face. That's fine. Like, if you look hot one day, like, show it off. But, if they're trying to like have a conversation with you and you're barely replying and you're just like, well, I don't know what to say. So here's my face. I know that looks good. <laughs> I know I can't come up with freaking two sentences. So I'm just going to show them my face or my ass. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't be like that. Don't just, you know. Yeah. So typically we would say the do's and don'ts of a relationship, but we're going to start with the don'ts of a relationship. Let's get those out of the way. Um, if you are one of these people, don't (laughs) don't (laughs) all right okay so for the most part we i actually had a bunch of people talk about how there's a difference between being clingy and just being like attached Mm -hmm. and being clingy was a big no-go a big don't and if if you're the kind of type of clingy who has to be with them every second of the day and if you don't it's either going to be a fight or a a mental Mm -hmm. breakdown like yeah. You can need some work. Yeah. And like, f- for sure. So I think being clingy and don't come for me, but I think being like an extra level of kind of like, um, an obsessive clingy and or a toxic clingy really stems from insecurities within yourself. So until you work on that yourself, you're probably going to drive your relationship into the dirt because no man wants to feel like um, their girlfriend is almost like preventing them from doing things. They want you to be attached. Okay, guys like when you when you want them. They like that. But they don't want to feel like they're suffocated. They're suffocated or like they can't go out with the guys and have a life or you're blowing them up asking where they're at. Say, let's share your share your location, who you with, send me a picture. People are like that and that's crazy. So if you want to find the quickest way to end your relationship be a stage 10 clinger. <laughs> that will end it. I promise you. There's no guy. I don't care who they are. Unless they're equally as toxic and obsessive, then they're probably not going to mind that. But you don't want a relationship like that anyway. And also, I think there's a difference between, like there's the, like you said, the stages. And there's a difference between being clingy in the sense that it's it becomes toxic and it becomes like a downfall in the relationship. But there's also the clinginess that's like, oh, like, I just want to be with you. Like, I enjoy you, so I want to be with you. Yeah, and, like, that's just, like, a level of being best friends with your partner, you know? So that's a there's a fine line between clingy and just being, like, a normal, healthy amount of attached because you're that's your significant other. Like, you should want to be around them. Don't suffocate them. Next one we have is being disrespectful to public service workers. Oh, mm mm-hmm. Coming from public service workers. If you're yes. rude to customer service employees, you suck. And you have a small penis. Yes. <laughs> no, but really though, like anytime in my customer service job, our customer service job that we both have, like if there's a guy that maybe they have like a kind of like a hot voice or they're initially nice and whatever, and you're like, wow, I really like talking to this guy. He's making my day a little bit better. The minute that you tell them something that they don't want to hear and they literally flip a switch and treat you like you are the scum of the earth, that is such an instant turnoff. Like that is disgusting to me. Same thing, like even in fast food, I know like they get slept on in that situation where it's like, oh, they make minimum wage and you work at McDonald's, blah, blah, blah. That doesn't give you the right to be insanely disrespectful to somebody. Like there's so many times, so many people are disrespectful to like workers, like through the drive-thru or whatever. Yeah, no, you're no better than anybody else. And I think that's a huge turnoff. So if you're one of those people, you need to really learn to bite your tongue. Next one. Not being financially responsible and also being rude to your parents. Yeah. Ooh. 
Ooh, that's like a bigger relationship advice, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, coming from me, I I have been very financially stable and independent, probably more than the typical twenty three year old. And even my my ex boyfriend, like he was the same way. You know, he was very very. Um, Bills were always paid. Money was always being saved. You know, job was a priority, things like that. Um, Honestly, I think the next relationship I have, if they're not already living on their own and have like a big boy job and they're not saving money or being whatever, probably not going to be that attractive to you, honestly. Um, I know that doesn't go for everybody because you may be in a different phase of your life where you're meeting someone kind of in the middle and that's acceptable to you. And there's no shade towards that either. I'm not saying that there is, but that dang email, (laughs) (laughs) but my personal, you know, I'm over here with my own house that I rent and paying my bills and whatever, and going to my eight 30 to 8 a.m. to 4 30 job every single day and doing my thing. I expect you to be probably doing the same thing. Right. And this is, I guess this gets really serious really quick, but my dad told me, here we go again with the Mark Beers advice. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, he said that when you, when you get to the point in a relationship where, where it becomes like serious and you're thinking about marriage, when you both get on that official government document, you obtain all of their debt and everything that they like, Mm -hmm. what is theirs becomes yours. And for me, I'm about to flex here, so prepare yourselves. But I have a brand new 2020 car. I guess it's not brand new because it's a new year. But I had no kind, no co-signer on my car, and like I have a really good credit score for being 23 years old. And that's something that I think about now. Like, if you're not financially stable enough to where you can't go out and just recklessly spend your money that you don't have in the first place, and then you're scrounging up money to try and get your bills paid and things like that, like that's a big turnoff for me. Like, yeah. I like I want someone who's going to match my same financial energy. Yes, that's not. It's so good. I like that. Yeah, because it's like if you're going to potentially, you know, eventually. After a breakup, me and Hannah really aren't to this point yet, but you're going to go on dates with people in the hopes to date them for long term. Like we're, her and I are relationship girls at the end of the day. We like to be in relationships. We like the security of, you know, a relationship. But if you're not, yeah, matching my financial energy and you're not at the same level of me and there's no, don't be upset about that or no shade to that, but yeah, it's not going to work because it's like, I want to find someone that like, if we're going to get married one day or whatever it may be, I want to know that you have your shit together. You are saving your money. You're pinching your pennies when it's necessary. You know, you're paying your bills on time. Yeah. I'm not, I'm doing that. So you need to be doing that. 120%. And the next one we have is horse girls. So if you ride a horse that's just not it, apparently, for this specific person. <laughs> they also said, they said, if she rides horses, she ain't the one. Sorry if you ride horses, Hannah. <laughs> Guys, and this is just, going, we're just going to say here, like, this is going to get deep for a second, but save a horse and ride a cowboy. <laughs> Yeehaw, baby. <laughs> okay, so now we are on to the good things that, you know, people really, really find attractive or it's like, yes, this is it. Like I can get down with this. So one of the first ones here is a sense of humor and are able to communicate. That's like, that one stuck out to me because that's a big one for me. Um, I feel like I've always been like the class clown, the girl that's cracking the jokes. And I'm also the girl in a relationship that will sit down no matter how hard it is. And I will discuss a situation or I I will sit there for hours to get to the bottom of it if that's what's necessary. So I think being able to um, communicate is huge. I do know girls are better at that most of the time than men because girls are just kind of more in touch with their emotions. Um, Now, I know as men get older, they start to become kind of more in touch with their emotions. Um, So if communication is a deal breaker for you, if they don't have that I would suggest maybe dating an older person. 
honestly, I'm not saying too much older. I'm not saying go date your grandpa, but I'm saying... <laughs> I hope you wouldn't date your grandpa. That'd not, be a little weird. Not incest. Almost heaven. Oh, yeah. West Virginia. <laughs> Just kidding. I'm, I literally lived in West Virginia for three years, and my mom's from West Virginia. So, mom, if you're listening... Can we work in West Virginia? I love you. Okay, no shade yeah. West Virginia. I'm, I don't mean actually date your grandpa, but like your own grandpa. <laughs> Maybe somebody else's grandpa. No. <laughs> so... This person here, I like this one. It's straight to the point, is confidence. Boom. Okay. Everybody has different levels of confidence or I guess how you show confidence. Like you could be the dork in the room, the person that's just so goofy, you're you're like klutz, you're making no sense. But you can be viewed in two different ways. You can not own it and be the dork or you can just own it and be the girl that's just goofy but like people are like low-key like I want to be like that you know what I mean yeah. so I think confidence is super important and um yeah confidence is huge and a relationship in the bedroom wherever you may be at your job anywhere having confidence like even <laughs> I remember like when I was younger like even calling p- like ordering in pizza I would be like so scared shaking in my boots and I'm like now I'm like uh, yo Give me the vegan crust. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> okay. And another one is confidence, drive, future goals, family oriented, caring, loving, supportive. Um, the one that sticks out to me out of that is the family oriented one. Um, just because that's a big part of my life. Um, I understand maybe my significant other that I meet one day may not have a great relationship with their family. That happens. I get that's life. Um, but I do expect them to try their hardest to have a good relationship with my family because that's super important to me coming to family functions, even just, I don't even have family functions because my family's so small, (laughs) but I mean, just like coming over, having a fire with my family, like having good conversations with my dad, with my mom, like that is a huge freaking turn on to me to be able to like just sit down and, and have good conversations and crack jokes with my family. Cause that's just, that's just attractive to me. I like that. For sure. Like if, if you can carry on a conversation with my 12 year old nephew, like you're you got in there. It. Yeah. yeah. Like, like swimwear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Another one that I really like is a feeling of security. So, you know, I don't think that even means financially or anything like that, because at the end of the day, we understand when we're, when we're talking about this, that I'm not saying when we said earlier, like match financial energy, I'm not saying you have to be out here making the big bucks. And I'm not saying any of that. I'm just saying that whoever I am with, I want them to match whatever I am putting out there. So I'm a big person on, I honestly, I can live a very simple life. I don't care if I'm not loaded with money. Like I care about the people that are in my home that make it a home. Those are just like big things for me. But that feeling of security is very, very important. You know, like growing up, you know, my parents, I watched them obviously go through rough times financially. And yeah, they're obviously to a a good place now, but it's not always like that. You know, you have to go through some growing pains. But the one thing is I always felt very secure in like the way my dad loved me or my mom loved me. You know, even if they had their issues together, I, I was secure in the way that they loved and protected me. And even now, like, um, my know my like anything that I call my dad about like he'll fix it like there's something like he just even if he doesn't know how to fix it he'll find a way to fix it and I feel very like secure with my dad so this maybe it sounds weird but I want to find someone a lot like my dad one day that I feel very protected with not just financially because money's gonna come and go but like just as a person Okay, so this one that someone wrote in said has to be bigger than me. And I think that's just kind of common. Like you usually want your boyfriend to be taller than you. Um, But kind of if we're going to go into like looks end of things, you know, like a make or break. I'm not necessarily had to be taller than me. They can be like my height and I'd be okay with that. But yeah, you want them to be taller than you. You want to feel like little and like girly, whatever. But I have like a huge attraction to men that like work hard physically. Like if they come home and they're in like boots and messy jeans and their hair's messy and they have like calluses on their hands and their hands are dirty and they like big manly hands, that's, that's so attractive to me. Not that I would never fall in love with like an office worker, 
But probably not. Like, like, what do you have, a paper cut from f- <laughs> faxing something over to the other department? <laughs> like, that's mean. I'm not, I'm not judging you if you work in an office. No shade. We work in an office. We work in an <laughs> office. But, yeah, that's kind of just, like, my type. So I, I kind of understand where this person is coming at with them being, like, bigger than you. Like, everyone has a type. You know, of course, there's girls that are dating guys that are shorter and whatever. It's not that big of a deal. Just because they're shorter doesn't mean that they suck. (laughs) But yeah. Okay. And then this person said patience because my anxiety and depression can get bad at times. And I I chose to read this one because I can relate to that. Um, When you are someone that has anxiety and depression, it comes in waves. It comes at very unexpected times. Um, You could be in the middle of laughing and all of a sudden, like, you just feel this like kind of like gloom come over you. At least that's my experience with it. But um, I think it's really important to find someone that has like patience and like grace with your mental health. And I think it's important to also find someone that doesn't view mental health as a joke Um, or like they don't believe it. You know, like I know some people are very much so like you can control the way you feel, you know, like kind of like suck it up, you know, if you don't want to feel that way, don't like, there's a lot of people like that. So I think it's important to find someone that really, really has patience. And, you know, on the days that you're just, you're not with it, they remind you that you are, you know, so I think that's important to me personally, because that's a struggle in my life. And emotional support as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, Hannah. So, you know, when we were talking about being a dead fish earlier, Yeah. Yeah. So now we're going to talk about not being the dead fish, you know, in the bedroom when you're eating tacos. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can eat some tacos. Yeah, I can get down with the taco. (laughs) Yeah. So listen, guys. Don't just lay there lifeless. Okay. We're going to get a little rated R for a slight second, but don't just lay there lifeless. Okay. Don't just stare through them. Don't just hold your arms at your side. Do something with them. Okay. If you want to get a, if you want to hear a little raunchier into something like this, go listen to call our daddy. Not that they need any help. They're second. They're the second best podcast in the world. Literally. (laughs) But you got to like, it's all about, and I listen, I like love Harry Jowsey. Okay. I would marry that man. He's horrible, but I love him. And, but like he says all the time, like the most attractive thing is just because you're pretty doesn't mean that you can just like lay there. Um, yeah, obviously they chose to probably have tacos with you because you're very attractive in their eyes. Um, but what is like the big deterrent of them probably not having tacos with you again is the fact that you did nothing. Your body language was non-existent. You're staring into space. You're making no noises. The noises you are making sound the same every two seconds. Not a vibe, okay? Men don't like that. They want to know genuinely that you like the taco that you're eating. They want to be like, yes, this girl enjoys the taco that I made her. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like if if someone's going to cook you dinner, you better enjoy it. Right, exactly. If someone's going to take the time to cook you tacos, you got to let them know that you appreciate it. Unless you don't. Then that's a different story. That's a a different story. I'm not saying that you're going to like every taco that you have. Not every taco is a good taco. No, and we know that, okay? Not every taco is a good taco. (laughs) But you can help out the taco by putting some effort into it, not just relying on your face. Okay, show some body language. Say some words. Not just any words. If you know, you know. Say them. <laughs> Say the words. Okay. How's the weather today? How's the weather up there, bud? <laughs> <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> Please don't say that. As my role model, Meg the Stallion says, <laughs> love that woman. If the taco wasn't slapping, it didn't happen. Make the stallion present of 2020. Exactly. Uh, I'm voting for her in 2024. I hope she runs. If she doesn't, I'm going to write her in. (laughs) (laughs) If it ain't ain't slapping, it didn't happen. If the tacos didn't slap, it didn't happen. That's right. And you know what? You want to leave an impression on someone with a taco you made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you want them to be sitting there having daydreams about the taco you made. 
Yeah. Like, wow, that cheese and the, the meat, the, sour and the, the seasoning, and stuff. the <sighs> lettuce, the crunch of the tortilla. Oh my God. Yeah. Crunch wrap supreme. Mm, that sounds really, really good right now. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we do that. But no, for real. Spice up the taco, okay? Add a little spicy seasoning into that thing, okay? Don't just get the basic soft taco from Taco Bell. That ain't fun. Add a little pizzazz to it. Is that even the right word? Add a little bit of spice. Spice, you know what I'm saying? All right, guys, listen. Today we learned a lot of things, okay? We learned that breakups suck. We learned that, um, yeah, they suck. They're irrational. You have to keep yourself busy. You have to cry sometimes. And then we learned how to, we learned from pro tip Hannah over here. We learned how to really reel in the men after post a breakup or just in general. And then we learned how to not be a dead fish in life and in the bedroom. And also once again, thank you O'Reilly for sponsoring (laughs) this podcast today. Once again, junk in the trunk 15 for 15% off of your next oil change. Or maybe you need a new brake light, brake pad, something. Some blinker fluid. <laughs> you can use that coupon for anything. Anything at oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto farts. <laughs> People are going to be like, what is this? The, the big 12? Hello? Yes, we are. <laughs> So, guys, as we wrap up my first episode as the co-host, baby. Oh, oh. I tried it well, so it's fine. It's okay. We can do, we can we can plug one in. Yeah, we'll do it. Okay, for sure. So, thanks, guys, for listening. We had a lot of fun. We learned a lot today. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, you took notes because yeah. there are some good points made. I feel like. Are we a little all over the place? Yeah, but guys, I. I'm so happy to be back and consistent. Um, yeah, there's going to be some weeks where we skip a week because, you know, we have lives and jobs and vacations and, you know, whatever. Um, but the goal is to be just so much more consistent and bring a lot better content to you guys. I know you were probably tired of hearing just my voice. <laughs> so, you know what? That's why Hannah is here. She is the new official co-host, which I will just say, um, that's not an easy role to fill. So we have a lot of cool things coming for you. Um, we're learning along this process. This is only my 13, 13th episode. So there's a lot to learn about the podcast world. Eventually, we want to bring video for you guys. So we're going to be learning about that. So you can see the faces we make here. We're going to have guests on here to just talk with us. We have one in mind. I'm going to get a hold of him this week. And it's going to be great. So I hope that you're in for the ride. We're going to do everything in our power every week to plug the hell out of the podcast. And I hope that you guys do the same for us. Um, leaving a review on Apple Podcast is huge. Please, 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 if you're listening, then go ahead and do that. go the extra mile and follow and subscribe. Um, and yeah, with that being said, we We will will see see you. you Dang it. I did it again. (laughs) We will see see you be our spatookies next Tuesday. Tuesday.